Coming to you live. Live. And podcasting around the globe. You're listening to the Deal Farm Podcast. Guaranteed to tickle your real estate loving ear holes. And now, here's your host, world-renowned TV heartthrob and investor extraordinaire, Ken Corsini. Hey, this is Ken Corsini with the Best Deal Ever show on today's episode. I am joined by my good friend, Amy Pedersen. Amy, how you doing? I'm great, Ken. How are you? I'm doing so good. So glad to have you on the show. Hey, I want to dive right in, and I want to hear about your best deal ever. Okay. I love this question and I had a little bit of a challenge with it. It's like choosing your favorite child, but I narrowed it down because I've got, we've got a couple, you know, great owner finance deals, those kinds of things. But I know given your flipping background that flips are your favorite. So I wanted to bring one of those from our portfolio. Nice. Yeah. We just, we just finished it not too long ago, put it on the market and sold it. So it is officially trumped as best deal ever. Okay. It started as a probate deal. This one was by far our longest, for sure. It took us 16 months to close this thing. Talk about Holy patience. moly. Well, how did yeah. you find it to begin with? Was this a probate list that you mailed to? or? You know what? I uh, Total nod to Bigger Pockets. So a mentee of mine that had found me through Bigger Pockets reached out uh, a long time ago and said, hey, I want to learn the business. You know what you're doing. Will you teach me? you know how to do this. I'm like, you got it, man. Go get some deals and we'll partner on them. I'll teach you this side, right? So we talked um, about pursuing both of those different angles. He ended up sending out a great list uh, to probates and then just work this thing hard. So it was a mentee that you were kind of working with and he's the one that mailed, was just doing postcards to a probate list. Yes. So then he started the conversations with the seller. Okay. And we had to navigate a little bit through that because there were lots of heirs and lots of uh, people, mm-hmm. lots of states involved, lots of things that came out of the woodworks. Um, so ultimately, I negotiated the deal, locked it up. And originally, we were talking about wholesaling it. Um, the market, as you know, got so crazy over here. And this one became really a sentimental house to us. Because we not only picked up the house out of probate, but we ended up hiring the seller who's now my assistant. Are you serious? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's why random. I'm telling you, there's so many levels of best deal ever on this oh, house. That's cool. Yeah. So a relationship that came about is also contributing to the fact that this is the best deal ever. I am telling you, I that's mean, awesome. big numbers, big love on this thing. It's been, it's been a great project. So, so talk to just for a second about probate. So if, for 16 months, are you chasing down like folks that you were potentially had an inheritance claim to this and they're all having a quick claim, their potential right? What did that look like? Yes, it was a little, it was a little muddy, it was a little murky. Um, like I say, we were uncovering heirs that we weren't sure of. There were different houses also attached. There were no wills. And so it was just muddy and murky. Gotcha. Um, we were planning on doing everything through Georgia, but ended up we had to, the family needed to file through probate in Tennessee first. Okay. Once that was cleared, and that was a completely different timeline and uh, priorities for different heirs. So that's some of the delay. And then of course we had COVID and then there's shutdowns and, you know, delays on that regard. So once we got it moving, we were, we were ready to rock and roll. So 16 months, lots of patience. You finally get to the closing table. What did you end up buying? It's a single family house, I'm assuming. It is that the, I mean, you know, God bless them. The house hadn't been inhabited and probably, well, 
legally inhabited, we'll say, <laughs> in about mm-hmm. in about ten years. There were definitely some squatters there um, and rodents. So, <laughs> equal share of uh, yeah, squatters equal, and rodents. Equal share, yeah. So the house hadn't been lived in about ten years. Um, wow. So it was it was quite the before and after. Wow. So what did you end up buying it for? We bought it for forty five. $45,000. Was this a big house? How big was this house? It was about 1,200 square feet. Okay. All right. So yeah. Not nice too big. Too. It started as a 3-1. We rehabbed it, made it a 3-2. Totally reconfigured the layout. Nice. So you added a bath. Did you add any square footage? We did not. Okay. All right. Just we did not. So it, it had a really large kitchen kind of dining area. So we converted the kitchen to a bedroom and switched the kitchen over. And then the two bedrooms we merged and made into a beautiful master suite. Oh, wow. Interesting. So what was, what was it originally? A four? It was a three, one. A three, one. And so you added a bath, but you also yeah. swapped kitchens and made yeah. bedrooms. And, and wow. The laundry room was outside. Okay, nice. It good. was like a, a single, you know, we convert it to, to carport storage, but that's where the laundry was done. Of course, we brought that in in house and gotcha. made it a staffable unit. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, I had a hard time selling it. You're not supposed to get attached to these, but I was attached to this house for so many levels because, you know, that's how we found Vanessa. You know, I was very tempted to, to keep it in our rental portfolio, but it just, you know, we designed it to flip, not yeah. to keep it in the rental. So, well, and you had a partner on this, right? The mentee, I'm assuming you and the mentee were participating in it. So originally the mint, since we were going to wholesale it, we had found a buyer originally and then probate was taking so long. So I ended up buying the mentee out for lack okay. of a better term. And so gotcha. I was like, Hey, we were going to sell it for X. This was going to be our profit share. So I, you know, rewarded him for bringing him, uh, bringing us the deal. And, you know, I like to, I like to share the blessings with the team. So Vanessa certainly got, you know, bonus pretty big on this, even though, that was not obviously the intent when we originally went in um, to buy it from them. And I, you know, partner with my GC. So we, we, lots of, lots of good love to share on this one. That's awesome. So you bought it for 45. Uh, let's talk about the numbers. What did you buy your mentee out for? 15. So 15. So you're in it for 60, right? Yep. And then what did you put in, in terms of construction costs? We put in one, uh, 24, Counting Dang. my GC bonus. Yeah. Dude, 125. That's a big rehab. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I mean, this thing was a disaster, Ken. Like it, it, it needed everything. Especially for, I mean, that's a, that's a hundred dollars a square foot. Cause uh, you didn't add square footage. I mean, that's, no. that's a serious rehab, but I bet it would look freaking awesome afterwards. I mean, we, we, it was four sides brick and that was about all we kept, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. stripped it down. we totally stripped it down. So even, you know, even the subfloor, we were replacing, you know, soffits, roof, everything, HVAC, completely new plumbing, completely new electrical. I mean, it was, wow. it was all but a new build. How old was the house? Oh, I should know that off the top of my head. I think it was 1969. Okay. So 60s. Lead-based paint that came back clear. That's always a question mark, right? Right. You've got to get always test for lead-based paint. (laughs) Tell me you tested, Amy. I'm just kidding. Of course we passed. Are you kidding? That's Are you so kidding? No, the crews totally take that down. Nice. Okay. So, uh, so you're in this thing for your, so 184 all in. Yes. A, we so, sold it. And what'd you sell it for? Let's, let's drum roll, please. 
All right. Big yeah. drum roll. 256. 256. Man, yes. that's awesome. Yeah. And so it, selling cost, I mean, you're an agent, so you didn't yes. have to pay on your side. So you're only paying 3% on the other side. Exactly. And man, that's a home run. It that's was. A, that's a nice yeah. payday. So many home run on so many levels. All right, so Amy, this was a 16-month process with a big payday on the end. But what what would you say looking back? Like, what was something that you learned? What's a good takeaway from the from this whole project? I think my biggest takeaway is patience does pay off. I was definitely frustrated along the way, and once we got our hands on it, I you know was just it was in my glory, right? But to to have the patience and see it through and not right off the contract. I mean, I could have easily wholesaled that earlier, you know, contract with the pending and all that stuff. And it was just fun. It was fun to do it. And I think the other takeaway is like, be open all opportunities. I mean, the timing was perfect. As I'm talking to the seller, I'm like, she has great potential and a fit for our team. Like that obviously was not something that we were looking for going into the deal. um, But it ended up being a really, really great blessing for us. That's awesome. Yeah. And especially on probates, those, cause they can get messy. They can drag out for a long time, but like, if you're the person willing to stick it out, like you did in this case, rather than just wholesale it off, there can be some gold, man. There can be a big payday at the end of that. And obviously yeah. for you, it worked out that way. And it was so emotional too. And I mean, we did something fun just because it's Vanessa and part of the team. Like we brought out and did a reveal because we kept her away the whole time during the project. So we literally brought her and her mom out just like you and you and Anita would have been proud, right? We blindfolded these guys up and, you know, did the big reveal and let them walk through. And because they're, their last memory of the house wasn't in its glory. Right? Sure. So we yeah. wanted to, to provide that kind of closure for them. It was so, so fun. You know, it's funny. We have done that on a handful of occasions and it is so rewarding to see somebody's face, their reaction when they see the house completely restored. That's a really cool feeling. I mean, and this is why it's best deal ever. It's not just the numbers, right? There's so yeah. many like good positive stories to it. The other thing that I love about how we did this when we were able to sell it to a couple that kept getting beat out by cash buyers in this crazy market. Sure. You know, back in the day, right? You offer cash, you could buy it at a discount. Well, now in Atlanta at 250-ish price point, as you know, things are getting snatched up even by cash buyers and anybody with financing can't get a shot. Yep. So, you know, we are in the position where we can give someone, we don't, you know, we don't have to I had 45 grand in on this house. I mean, I could totally wait. Yeah, (laughs) right. Find the right buyer. You know, I'm in 16 months. What's another month, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's cool. All around a win-win-win for everybody. Even the seller, the buyer, you. I mean, that's fantastic. Those are definitely the best deal ever. All right. So Amy, what's the most important habit a real estate investor should cultivate? A hundred percent show up every day. That's good. I think mentally, so many people are like, the timing's not right, or I'll get to it this weekend. Let me by all means, you know, even the end of the day, by the end of the day, your your real thing has taken over. If you postpone taking action, you won't do it, right? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to kick that can down the road. Hmm. Well, that's good. It's true. It's funny. I see that a lot of times with new agents who think they're going to get all this time back. I'm going to be a new agent and I can schedule my, and it's, if it's the ones that are disciplined eight hours, 10 hours a day that are, are killing it. The ones that are sort of half in it, you know, they don't do so good and they struggle. Yeah. So I think you're hundred percent. Totally right. agree. Yeah. You got to show up. You got to show up. What's the most important discipline or strategy you've implemented in your business? You know, honestly, I think it's focus. 
it's so tempting and it, you know, I love bigger pockets. There's so many answers and it's a smorgasbord of opportunity. Right. But yeah. it, it is easily distractible. Totally. <laughs> there is, there's so many opportunities in real estate, you know, whether you're the agent, whether you're a wholesaler, whether you're, you know, flipping, whatever the case may be. Um, acquisition strategies are different student housing, right? Senior living. There's so many things that you can chase um, and not having that focus really will eat up your timeline and it will <laughs> eat up what you can achieve in a, in, in a reasonable amount of time. Oh, I think you're hundred percent right. The whole shiny object syndrome, like this guy's doing this over here. I want to, I want to dabble in that. And trust me, I've been guilty of that too, but you figure out what works for you and you just double down in that. Exactly. Just keep at it. Right. You can add to it once you master that. I think the hard part is, is like until you truly have systems and a machine working where that one is, that's then that's when you want to add to the portfolio. That's right. Yeah. That's a good piece of advice. All right. So what piece of advice would you give to a new or aspiring real estate investor? I think you know, Tony Robbins says it best, right? Success leaves clues. You can absolutely figure this out on your own. Everybody's smart, right? There's plenty of opportunity to go and, and uncover the hows and what's, et cetera. But, you know, invest in education, I think, right? Get a mm -hmm. mentor, like find mm -hmm. someone that will help spare you some of the learning curve. You know, you can do it on your own, but shorten that trajectory for you to launch. Like by all means, I would say, you know, follow the footsteps of someone that you want, that you aspire to be like. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Yeah, shorten that time span to success. What's the number one reason that you think investors fail in this business? Fear. Truth be told, I think it's fear. Because I see more investors in my opinion, fail by not taking action, hmm. right? They want everything to be perfect. They're in this analysis paralysis and in this what ifs. And by the time they go to make the decision, the deal's gone. Yep, yep. And so by the, and, and you wanna get educated and you wanna be knowledgeable, but at a certain point you have to pull the trigger and it's, it is a risky business. You are making an investment, right? There is risk to it. But once you do it enough, then you feel a little more comfortable. It's not as anxiety ridden. Totally. But I, I mean, I just think about the first nine months of me analyzing deals and not pulling the trigger. I'm going, oh, the opportunity cost alone on that is heartbreaking. Yep. Yep. No, that's good. I think that's a real good assessment. So what's the number one book that's helped you succeed? Of course, everyone says Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Like right. It, it, it is a great yep. conceptual book. I really love Chris Voss's um, negotiating book, though. Never split the difference. Oh, yeah. I think there's so much wisdom in that book. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's the quickest way to source a solid real estate investment right now in today's market? For newbies, I think, honestly, it's networking. Okay. And the reason that I say that is like, no deal is done without two sides. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's opportunity everywhere. Um, so it, that can be, you're on Facebook marketplace, mm -hmm. right? And there's, you know, people are selling off their old inherited furniture. You go to the house and my goodness, look, 
had you not networked through Facebook or had you not gone to your REI, you know, networking group, had you not told your friends, I just think that there's some low hanging fruit that people are scared to like, let it out that they're actually pursuing this. What if they fail or whatnot? But the opportunity lies in, 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 you know, of course, going after motivated sellers, but there's some low hanging fruit from people in your network that can bring you deals. Totally. I love that. That's a great answer. What's your biggest regret in regards to your business or your career? Not starting sooner. <laughs> I got Absolutely. into this way too late. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, started in the corporate career because I thought that was a safe path. And if, you know, it was safe-ish in today's environment, but had I, had I started when I hope my kids start. <laughs> totally. Yeah, things would be totally different. Hindsight twenty twenty, man. If we knew the things we knew, you know, back then that we know now, God, how how much damage could we have done back in the day, right? Oh, for real. <laughs> that's that's a good one. <laughs> what is your ultimate goal in business and in life? My ultimate goal in business and in life is just. I think this is probably everyone's answer: is freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I want to come and go as I please. I want to hop in the, in the, on a plane and go to Europe for six months. You know, I mean, I just want to have the luxury of setting the systems, building the relationships and off I go. Right. And, and enjoy that time with friends and family on the, on the other side. Totally. Totally. How would you define financial freedom and how do you get there? Financial freedom is to me, it's not really financial freedom. It's what financial freedom buys you (laughs) and what, and what that buys you is that time, right? Exactly what I described. So how do you get there? It's just where we started, right? It's showing up every day and doing the work. I mean, these things aren't handed to you. You do have to, to dig deep, um, network, grind. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, that's how you get it. For me, we're building a rental portfolio. So we want to have long-term cash flow. We certainly enjoy the flipping and the wholesaling in between then. But at the end of the day, we just want to be able to set it and forget it and have the team kind of manage the properties and live off the fat of the land. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. hundred uh, percent. Who would you say has had the greatest impact on your investing career? My friend Meg Anderson has had the greatest impact okay. on my personal. Um, she, when I was in the corporate world, uh, she showed me the opportunity in real estate. And in fact, I know most people get into real estate and they kind of stay in their home market. Because of Meg, my first purchase was actually across the country in Seattle. To this day, I never set foot in that property. We bought we bought it together. We partnered on it and kept it as a rental for a number of years. The plan was for it to be the long-term, you know, cash flow machine. And then, um, you know, life happens sometimes, right? And so I know you know this, Ken, but in 2017, our, um, our youngest was diagnosed with cancer. So that was a year like no other in 2018 with all of the chemo, et cetera. So what real estate brought me when I went into it was thinking that we were looking for the long-term flexibility, what it brought me was the short-term income and the short-term flexibility where I could have the freedom to put everything down and be a hundred percent with my son when he needed me the most. So he's in great shape now. Um, 
but at the, you know, at the time we ended up selling that house that she and I had partnered on and I lived off the income or lived off of the fat from that, that year and was a hundred percent with Jack during his chemo. Wow. That's an amazing story. It's, and that sort of ties in the last couple of questions too, about financial freedom and what you're, it is, it's a hundred percent about being able to be free to be with your kids, be with your family, whatever, go on vacations, you know, live the life that you sort of dream of. Yeah. And that's amazing that your friend is the one that introduced you to that, that first house, that's a really cool story that the very first house you invested in gave you that freedom right out, right out of the gates. It was, to me, it was such a God thing, Ken, because like the rental came open and the market was crazy. There was no reason why it shouldn't have rented, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it sat there for a minute and we were like, maybe you were supposed to sell it. And this was before he was diagnosed. Wow. And so we were like, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. And then he was diagnosed and it was like, yeah, we're going to sell this thing. Let's just like the discussion's over. So I felt like it was ordained. Yeah, definitely providential. That's very cool. Amy, these are awesome answers. Really, really appreciate you coming on the show today. I really enjoyed it, Ken. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Talk soon. Hey, Deal Farm listeners. If you haven't heard, I just recently released a book through Bigger Pockets Publishing called Profit Like the Pros. If you dig the Best Deal Ever podcasts, you will definitely want to get your hands on this book. I take 25 stories from some of the top investors in the country and distill them down into 25 separate chapters that will not only entertain you, but educate and inspire you in all different facets of real estate investing. Wholesaling and flipping to self-storage, multifamily and commercial, we get into the details of short sales, subject twos, and even land flipping. And whether you're a brand new investor or you have years of experience under your belt, I promise you this book will engage you. If you would, take a minute, go to Amazon and order this book, Profit Like the Pros. And if you like it, please leave us a review. Thanks so much, folks, and I will see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.